You ride down the road, the Holy Spirit is helping you. You go shopping, the Holy Spirit is helping you. You go uh, dealing with family and loved ones, the Holy Spirit is helping you. And we need to acknowledge him when he's helping us. Don't just talk about, we well, you know, I did this on my own. No, the Lord helped me. The Lord helped me. And I appreciate the Lord helping me. And not only that, he's helping me with with work he's helping me with school work he's helping me with my home he's helping me riding up and down the road he's helping me in every area of my life you're now in tune to the heaven bound broadcast with pastor richard d dobbs of overcomers christian center in villarica georgia now prepare to be empowered and equipped with the rich word of god you know last sunday we asked the question have you asked for the Holy Spirit. We gain knowledge as well as understanding on three reasons that the Lord gave me to share with you of why we should ask for the Holy Spirit and why it is beneficial to our lives. And of course, I'm going to go over these just briefly. Reason number one, he is a helper. The Lord is a helper. Scripture reference, John 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring, all, bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Again, he is a helper. He is an aid. He is an assistance. And whom the Father will send in my name, and that aid is going to teach you. It's going to instruct you and impart knowledge and understanding to you. In all things, whatever you need, he's going to impart the knowledge as well as the instructions in your life. And then not only that, he's going to bring, going to recall or remind you some of the things that he said to you in the past. Because sometimes our memory gets, we may forget some things. I, I, I'm not saying that you're going to forget it on purpose, but that sometimes you may not remember some things. But the Holy Spirit, he never forgets anything. He never forgets anything. He's going to bring those things to our remembrance. He is our helper. He's, he aids, he assists, and he brings relief to us. And many times you get information, it brings relief to you. He's also a master teacher in that he teaches and imparts instructions, most importantly, the teachings of Jesus. But let me say this to you. He also knows math. He knows science. He knows political science. He knows every, he knows how to do your job better than you do. So it's imperative that we get his instructions in every aspect of our life. And the spirit of God imparts wisdom in us for every area of our life. It's up it's up to us to be attentive and apply the wisdom that he gives us, whether directly or indirectly. The Holy Spirit is essential for us, and it's essential for us to ask him to come into our lives, ask him to fill us and refresh us so that we become more aware of his help, his aid, and his assistance. One thing we always must keep in mind is that the Holy Spirit is always helping us. You ride down the road, the Holy Spirit is helping you. You go shopping, the Holy Spirit is helping you. You go uh, dealing with family and loved ones, the Holy Spirit is helping you. And we need to acknowledge him when he's helping us. Don't just talk about, well, you know, I did this on my own. No, the Lord helped me. The Lord helped me. And I appreciate the Lord helping me. And not only that, he's helping me with, 
with work. He's helping me with schoolwork. He's helping me with my home. He's helping me riding up and down the road. He's helping me in every area of my life. And the Holy Spirit is all-powerful, all-knowing, and can do every, anything except fail. He is our ultimate source of support, assistance, and relief to life, pro- life problems, struggles, struggles, and stresses. And the second reason that we need to ask for the Holy Spirit, that he is the God to all truth. John chapter 16 and verse 13. John 16 and 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. So, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he's going to guide us. So the Holy Spirit, he guides. He guides, he leads, and he teaches. And notice this, just like when he's a helper, he teaches us in all areas he does the same thing as the spirit of truth. Truth is what is accurate under any circumstance. It is free from error. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He's going to announce and make known to you things to come. And one lesson you learn about the Holy Spirit, he may not tell you exactly what's going to happen, but he'll prepare you for what's going to happen. You will not be shocked, surprised, and so forth. You might be, you know, you may rock a little bit, but you ain't forget what God's done for you. You're not going to forget that God prepared you. They be telling you stuff, you're like, okay, okay. That's what the Holy Spirit was preparing me for. Why? Because you understand the Spirit of God is true to his word. He's going to show us and tell us things to come. You ever had somebody tell you something after you matured in Christ, you're like, it didn't even shock you as much as you would have if you were not mature in Christ. Because you understand the Holy Spirit prepares and makes known to you things to come. Once I repent of my sins, accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and ask him to fill me with his spirit, the Spirit of God will become my personal guide and instructor in the truth. And I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit will lead you and teach you in all truth the rest of your life. The rest of your life. You can depend on God the rest of your life. You, you don't have to worry. He's going to be right there. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. The rest of your life, the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you into all truth. He's going to take away misinformation, error, as well as deceit. You may not get it at first, but keep on listening to the Holy Spirit. He'll show you, hey, something wrong with that right there. That's not quite right. It's something that's misinformation. The Holy Spirit will guide you into what is correct under every circumstance and every situation. And truth is important because it's the avenue or the roadmap to making me free and keeping me free. And see, when I'm free, I'm at liberty to carry out the will of God for my life. Notice in John chapter 8, how, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he's going to lead and he's going to guide you into all truth. When I'm free, I'm at liberty to carry out the will of God for my life. I'm free from the approval and opinions of men. I'm not under the control of anyone else except God. And then truth is liberating and destroys yokes and burns in our lives. Thank God for the spirit of truth that destroys yokes and burns in our lives. 
And God's truth gives us a better understanding of the word of God and how to apply his word in every area of our life. And the spirit of truth is constantly teaching us truth and empowering and equipping us in ministry as well as home, work, and anywhere else. He is empowering and equipping us with truth. It's up to us to pause, to listen, and learn from the master teacher who promises to guide us into all truth. And can I be honest with you? He is true to that part, too. He has been guiding us into all truth for as long as we've been saved. Now, you might have missed it. You might have said he didn't. You might, you might have missed it, but God didn't miss it. He has been guiding us into all truth as long as we've been living. And not only in church, but also in our personal home life, in our jobs, in the school place. I mean, God, your family, everywhere, God's been guiding us in the truth. We just got to admit, hey, God, you know, you told me that. You, you told, you told, you prepared me for that. I, I didn't want to believe you because I didn't want to have to deal with that. But that you prepared me for that, God, and I, I'm so grateful for that. Now, as we listen to the mirror uh, message today, I want to, you know, you need to listen for your situation. What is God telling me today when it concerns the Holy Spirit? Reason number three to ask for the Holy Spirit: He gives us power, power. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, but ye shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and ye shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Notice he's going to give you power when you ask for the Holy Spirit. That power has to do with strength, ability, as well as moral strength and force. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, not before, but when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and he gives it for a purpose. So we can be witnesses, a person who sees or experiences an event and can tell about it. To me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. The Lord promises power, strength, and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. He promises that. In fact, he is good at keeping his word. His word not going to return back to him void, but it's going to accomplish everything he sent it out to do. He has a divine purpose for that strength, power, and ability. That is to be a witness for Jesus. And the Holy Spirit gives us courage as well as insight to tell others about the delivering, protecting, and prospering power of Jesus. God knows what we need, when we need it, and how we need it. No one knows your story like you know your story. And he gives you the strength and the power to share your testimony with others. You know, when you start telling others about Jesus and what he's done for you, what are they going to say? It didn't happen to you. You was there. They were not there. You was the one who got delivered. They were not there. You was the one who got strengthened. They were not there. They don't know what you went through, but you know what you went through. You know how God did for you and what he done for you. You know how God keeps you. You know how God strengthens you. You know how God brings you out and he brought you out. You know better than anybody. And the Holy Spirit is essential and beneficial because he gives us power to tell our story to others. Someone needs to hear how God saved you, delivered us, and, and still delivering us and keeping us. I love the fact he keeps us and calls us to prosper and be in help, even as our soul prospers. In not only one area, but in every area of our life. Isn't it good to know that God loves you enough to keep you in every area? 
I mean every area. I mean in your home, he can keep you. When you go to work, he can keep you. Riding up and down the road, he can keep you. At school, he can keep you. Whatever you're at, God can keep you. There's a lot of deceit going on in the world. Trickery and the spirit of error is moving rapidly. And sometimes he even creep in the church if he ain't careful. But deceit can slow walk people in the era and lead them into a deeper era if they don't allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide them with his power to overcome deceit as well as trickery. It takes truth to expose error. It takes the Holy Spirit to reveal to us when things or people are trying to trick or trap us in our thinking, conversations, and our actions. You got to be careful because the Holy Spirit will tell you, you know what, that person ain't no good. Watch what they're saying. You never know because the Holy Spirit will say, hey, they may look good, they may sound good, but the Holy Spirit sees behind the scenes. The Spirit of God will quicken us and revive us. He will deliver us as well as restore us. And just as Samson did in the book of Judges, he will then likewise quicken us, turning our hearts back to him with a changed mindset. He will give us power to walk in obedience to God and his word rather than in rebellion and resistance. And so we want to go a little further and add even more reasons why I must be filled with the Holy Spirit. So my deliverance, protection, and prosperity can have more of a solid foundation. The next reason I have for you is this. He is our present help. Psalms 46 in verse 1. Psalms 46 in verse 1. God is our refuge and refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. So God is our refuge. He is a shelter. He is a shield from that which harmful things can happen to you. And not only that, he is a strength. He is a might and a power and a very present help, very present aid or assistance when trouble comes, when distress comes, when difficulty comes. Can't nobody help you no better than the Holy Spirit. Because he is a person that knows the insight to every trouble you run across. He has insight that you don't have. And see, many times truth brings insight. So in turn, you can get the victory in that situation. Thank God for the truth of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is my refuge. He will shield and protect me from trouble. A shield is a divine protection. Nothing gets past his protection unless he allows it. So the Holy Spirit, and let me say this real quickly, and I'm, I'm going to use this, and I hope I, you can follow what I'm saying here. The Holy Spirit be blocking stuff. Y'all be throwing something to be blocking stuff, be blocking but anything that gets past this block, the Holy Spirit says you can handle it. Y'all see the difference, right? Let me say this to you. We will never know the number of things, people, places, and so forth that the Holy Spirit has blocked away from our lives. You will never, you will never have no idea. Take my word for it. You could not have comprehended everything that the Holy Spirit blocks away from your life. You can't comprehend the number would, 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 would astound you. The diseases he kept away from your life. The harm they kept, kept you away from. I mean, he kept not only you, but he kept your family away from it too. He kept people away from scamming your, your finances. He kept people, they thought they almost had your number. But the Holy Spirit changed some numbers on them and they're like, no, that ain't it. 
They were the close, but the Holy Spirit, they ain't. Holy Spirit knows, y'all. Y'all think that virus protection is something else? You ought to see the Holy Spirit's protection. His protection is outstanding. It is amazing. You ride down the road and the Holy Spirit will protect you from people that would have gotten in your way if you're not careful. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will protect you from other people. I didn't get in the way, man, right there, but that's okay, though. I know sometimes it ain't, it ain't they driving, it's your driving that's on, on the record. And we got to say, Lord, thank you for keeping me. Uh, hallelujah. Well, I ride down the road, boy. Y'all, some of y'all, like, I, you never got distracted before, but that's okay, though. We'll keep that between me and you. Hallelujah. But anything that allowed gets past it, he will protect you. That's why we have 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. Let's go there. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. I like this. No temptation has overtaken you. No temptation has laid a claim to you, of laid hold of you, except as common to man. So that temptation that you're dealing with, God says, I've already given you the victory over it. I've given you strength over it. I will not allow anything to come in your life that God says you cannot handle through with his help. Because he's faithful. He's someone who can be relied on, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able but with the temptation will also make the way of escape and exit a way out that you may be able to bear to endure, to be patient with it. And this is what I found out in my time with ministry and time with people dealing with uh, all types of individuals here, there, and everywhere is that many people have the escape route, but they don't take it. I'm going to let that sink in just for a moment. God gives you an escape but you won't take it. He gives you the escape. He shows you how to get out. He shows you how to get out of that situation. But people don't take it. He always, I'm telling you, it's that in which I believe that scripture is true. He will always give us an escape. But we got to take it when he gives it to us. And you may not have 20 escape routes. But really, to escape, you really only need one. You only need one. You only need one to get out of it, but you got to take it when he gives it to you. And you can't get mad. Like, well, dog, I can't believe that overtake me. No, he gave you an escape route. He gave you an exit, a way out. And I like this definition. You got to be patient till that escape route appears. Because it may not come as quick as you want it to, but he will give you a way out. And when he gives you a way out, hey, you got to take it. You got to take it. You got to take it. I had to have confidence when trouble, affliction, and tribulation come to test me, lay hold of me. They are coming to man. The advantage that I have in my knowledge and understanding that God is faithful. He has a promise to protect me and provide me an escape plan. I remember watching a movie. I think it was called Escape Plan. But it ain't nothing like God's escape plan. Because God's escape plan helps you everyday life. You're about to tell them off. God give you an escape plan. You're about to act up in a way, but God gives you an escape plan. You're doing certain things, but God gives you an escape plan. And you got to understand when God gives an escape plan, we must take it.
we got to take it. The Holy Spirit knows our way out of every trial, trouble, situation that comes to harm or hinder us. And he is our refuge, our strength, and our power. He gives us the strength and the power to escape. So I love the fact that he gives you an escape plan, but he also gives you the power to take the escape plan. You need the strength to take the escape plan. I remember I was listening to a certain um, commentary about when you get when there's trouble arising, what's your best thing? Should you fight or flight? The man said, escape. Don't try to sit there and be a hero because bullet, well, this is my saying, bullets ain't got no name on You got to just go and get away from it. God will give you an escape plan. He'll give you an escape plan. There is no temptation that God that has overtaken you such as is common to man. But God gives you an escape plan, an escape plan. And we need the power to deal with whatever the Lord allows to come into our life. We can't afford to depend on our strength, but on the Lord's ability and a power, power in order to escape. Trouble will come and trouble will go. But God has a promise to keep me according to his written and revealed word. Again, Psalms 46 and 1. God is a refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. We have divine help that comes from an all-powerful, almighty, and an all-knowing God. You know God knows everything, so he knows every weakness and every plan of the enemy. Mm, I like that, God. God is all-knowing, so he knows every weakness of the enemy. The enemy think they can get you, but God knows the weakness of every plan of the enemy. That's why he tells us, no weapon that is formed against you shall be able to prosper. Because God got an escape plan. He says, why are you worried? I got an escape plan for you. Why are you fret? I got an escape plan for you. Why are you upset? I got an escape plan for you. And I'll be honest with you, I, I've been guilty of not taking the escape plan. But when I, look, when I look back over the situation, I said, Lord, you know what? You did give me an escape plan. I, want, I, want to, I got it myself. I got it in my flesh. And I said, let me deal with this on my own. And it wasn't pretty, but hallelujah. I had to repent. <laughs> that was my escape plan after I messed up. Repent. <laughs> hallelujah. Reason, the second thing, the second, actually reason number five, but the second thing we're going to talk about today Holy Spirit establishes my divine birthright. I am his. I belong to Jesus. Woo-wee. How many are glad you belong to Jesus? Woo. I mean, you know, you might have got your last name, but it's good to know you belong to Jesus. Romans chapter 8 verse 9 reads as follows. But you are, but you are not in the flesh. You are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. Isn't it good to know, praise God, we belong to Jesus. In fact, didn't didn't that feel good to say? In fact, lift your hand and say, I belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. In fact, tell two people, I belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. Now, let me say this to you. When you belong to Jesus, you know you got some protection going on. You know God going to provide the need. I'm not, folks will leave you and, and put, turn the back on you, but Jesus going to be right there. You know, people get mad at you, but Jesus still loves you. Even when people get mad at you, I'm talking about God will keep you, boy. 
God is a keeper. So he says, but you are not in the flesh. The flesh is the part of us not under divine influence. It's likely to sin and oppose God. But in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells or lives in you and remains in you, then you belong to him. Because it says, now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. He is not his. See, a part of God's salvation plan is to receive the Holy Spirit, which not only gives me power, protection, and so forth, but establishes and solidifies that I belong to God. I belong to God. In other words, the spirit of God authorized my sonship. It's a birth certificate. A birth certificate, certificate is an official document issued to record a person's birth. It includes identifying information such as, such as name, gender, date of birth, place of birth, and parents. My birth certificate comes with birth rights. Once I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, he counts me worthy to come and dwell, come and dwell in me as, and remain in me as his child. I feel confident that I am his child. You know what's great about God? You know you mess up, he's, you still his child. Boy, y'all got quiet right there, boy. You know, what I, that's what I, because if we, our children mess up and we don't throw our child out with the bathwater, what about God? What about God? And say, my child act right all the time. <laughs> we got to understand that we belong to Jesus. We belong to Jesus. The Holy Spirit signed your birth certificate. You know, you talking about the, who is the father. You ain't got to worry about the DNA test. You're going to pass this one with a hundredfold right here. You ain't got to worry about, amen, four or five daddies coming out of there. Now, ain't going to be but one. That one. And then name Jesus. Are y'all following me? He going to be the one. He going to be the one. He going to be the one. And Paul makes it clear that the, the fleshly or carnal nature is not about this life. This is a spirit-filled, spirit-led life. And as a child of God, I have rights and privileges. Rights and privileges come with a high level of confidence. For example, I, I know I, I can speak on behalf of Lady Dobbs and our children. When they came to the house, they had rights. And they exercised those rights, too. Nothing, I understand that. You, we good. But you know, anything in the refrigerator, it was just like all of ours. Internet, it's all of ours. The roof over the head, all of ours. Everything in the house, because of their rights and their privileges, it all belonged to all of us. Now, they may not put all that money into what it costs to have that, but it was their right and their privilege. Why? Because they were born into the family. They were born into the family. And thank God when you're born into the family, you got rights and you got privileges. You know, the Bible says all the promises of God in him are yes and what? That means every promise you got as a child of God is your right. It's your privilege. So if you find it in the book, you ought to say, hey, God, you know what? I'm a child. It's in the book. Hey, it's a promise as a child of God. Listen, I don't know when it's going to happen, but you said it. And God, you know, you put the promise in there. I'm going to receive it and walk in it. I ain't mad because you made the promise. I ain't upset because you made the promise. I just received the promise. And this is what we need to understand. We got to receive the promises of God when they're revealed to us. See, one thing 
our children learn as they grow, they take on more responsibility. There was a time they were driving bikes and big wheels and things along that nature. But as they got older, they was able to get in the vehicle and drive back and forth. Why? Because they responsibility. It was revealed to them about more promises that were available to them. And so this is what you need to go. As you mature in God, you get more rights and you get more responsibility. As you mature in God. And therefore things are revealed to you that you have access to. And then God says, you got it. Hey, that's why you can lay hands on the sick and the sick recover. Therefore, you can speak to the devil and say, be gone in Jesus. Oh, my father's name, Jesus' name. <laughs> Glory. Because why? You got rights and privileges. The same thing goes with the spirit of God. We have rights and privileges as children of the most high God. Whoa, thank God for rights and privileges. Ooh, isn't it good to know you can pray? You can ask, you can seek, you can find. Ask and it shall be open. Seeking you shall find. Uh, knock and the door shall be open unto you. Did you notice how powerful that is in our lives? That you got that right as a child of God to have these things and access to your life. Oh, I love that about God. That's why you have scriptures like 1 John 5, 14 and 15. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. If we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Notice we got confidence, got courage. We got boldness and assurance. We got trust and belief that we have him, that if we ask, make a request according to any, anything according to his will, he hears us. If I ask it according to his will, he hears me. If he hears me, that means he going to respond. Going to respond, y'all. Boy, it's good to know. You know, one thing my children learned, well, in order for them to ask us something, we got to hear it first. They can't think it in their head and not ask it. They had to ask it first. But we learned this from God. God says you got to ask but it's got to be in according to his will. What's his will? The word of God. You miss out when you don't spend daily time in his will. Because you can have some promises available on Tuesday you might, you might not know about until it's revealed to you. There's some promises going to be revealed to you this week that says, God, you know what? Oh, I thank you for that promise, God. There will be something revealed to you this week that God said you have access to as a child of the most high God. And then it's going to be your confidence. You're going to be your confidence. You're going to praise him in advance. You're going to give God the glory. You're going to think about how good God is for all that he's doing in your life. The next reason, the Holy Spirit is living water. The Holy Spirit is living water. John 7, 37 through 39. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. If anyone thirsts, if anyone is eagerly longing for something, a feeling or needing of wanting something to drink, he who believes, he who has trust and confidence and persuaded in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive, would take away, would be given, would be presented with, 
For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. And now Jesus is glorified, so the Holy Spirit is available to everyone who would believe. When we trust and believe and receive, our lives have a potential to change for the better. Even when our thirst for God, even our thirst for God. See, natural thirst is one thing, but spiritual thirst is on another level. See, when I go without water for a period of time or some type of liquid substance, my body gets thirsty and I and I need to receive some type of hydration before I become ill. Likewise, my soul, when it lasts the presence of God, my mind, will, and emotions get thirsty. In the same sense, when we're thirsty for God, there tends to be an emptiness that we, we can't fill with other things. Can't fill it with things of the world. It's like a void. Something is missing. You can try to quench that thirst with people, relationships, drugs, promiscuous behavior, long work hours, and so forth. But it will not satisfy like Jesus. And I know there's some people in this room are like me. You try other things, but nothing satisfies your soul like Jesus. Nothing satisfies your soul like our Jesus. Oh, God. I love what the woman said. uh, Jesus said, you drink this, you will never thirst again. Because he constantly quenches our thirst. Jesus is a thirst quencher, praise God. Our soul is made to live for God. Our soul is made to live for him. Abundant life is in God. When you receive the living water, you can have scriptures like John 10 and 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life, that real and genuine and blessed life, and that they may have it more abundantly, superior, exceeding, and more excellent. And see, when we, it, when we, in experience, when we experience the initial feeling of the Holy Spirit or being refreshed by an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we can expect a real and genuine life to overshadow us. A life that comes with a more excellent way, a superior life. A life that says that we got the advantage, a blessed life. And it comes from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is there to fill us. The Holy Spirit is there to keep us. Therefore, rehydration from the Spirit of God is needed to revive our souls. And when our soul is rehydrated, we think, talk, and conduct our lives more like Jesus. And when our soul is thirsty, other influences, people in false teaching can come in and try to carry out the will of others. If you're not careful, you'll get thirst and you'll just drink anything. You'll drink anything. You'll drink people's opinion. You'll drink people's ideas. You'll drink stuff that doesn't even line up with scripture. But when you find out the soul, what satisfies your soul, I believe it was David that put in the book of Psalms, like a deer panting for water. In other words, I've got to have you, Jesus. I've got to have you, Jesus. You are the one that I look for. You're the one that I need. You're the one, God. And you say, God, I'm drinking of you and none other. 
And I'm going to continue to drink with you and drink from you until you satisfy. I want you to notice the difference. You're not taking a substitute. You're only going to the well that satisfies. And if you got to drink, you got to stay before his presence. You got to stay before his presence longer than five minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, a day or two, a week or two. But you're not going anywhere until you bless me, Lord. You know, I'm not going anywhere, God, because I realize you are what satisfies me. And I believe it takes power, the power of the Holy Spirit to give us strength and power to carry out the will of God. And, and also scriptures like Philippians 2 and 5. Philippians 2 and 5 reads as follows. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this understanding be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let his interests, his values. And one way I get that is by going after the living water. His soul satisfies me. And when it satisfies me, it's going to hydrate. You know, one thing I've learned about water, water will also hydrate your mind, your brain. And if you understand that, then you understand that the real hydration comes from God. It will cause you to think, talk, and conduct your life more like Jesus. Because if natural water can help your natural brain, spiritual water can help your soul, your mind, your will, emotions, and so forth. So quickly, I want to give you, go over those six Six biblical reasons why I need to ask and be filled with the Holy Spirit. He is our helper. He is our guide into all truth. Holy Spirit gives us power. He is our present help. Holy Spirit excuse me, establishes divine birthright. And the Holy Spirit is living water. Read it. Listen to you one more time. He is our helper. He is our guide into all truth. The Holy Spirit gives us power. He is our present help. Holy Spirit establishes divine birthright. And the Holy Spirit is living water water and we need that fresh oil of the holy spirit to saturate us to be a point that we're more sensitive to his presence and to his voice we need the oil of the holy spirit to stir us refresh us rejuvenate us and cause our lives to be better we want to become so in tune with the spirit of god as our helper as our God as our spirit of truth as our power as our strength that comes from having him in us that we build our confidence and boldness that comes from having the presence of Jesus in our lives as children of God and no doubt that the Lord knew we would need this power in order to live for him we need the power of the Holy Spirit to live for him to to live our lives for him and we need his power because his power represents his character and his nature in our lives. See, salvation comes to change our lives and to make us better. Now, we see this in the early church on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Let's go there. Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. See, Pentecost simply means the 50th day it also means the completed harvest we see on the day of pentecost the atmosphere of oneness and unity was taking place the holy spirit desires for us to operate in that unity at Pentecost, it means it was the 50th day after the Sabbath. And it was 50 days after Jesus went up to 
the cross. And it represents uh, the time where the harvest had came in and they came together to celebrate the harvest coming in. In other words, they got some food to eat for another year. And I don't know about you, but that's a good time to celebrate. That's why we, you know, we, some of us ain't never had to go out and, and do some farming before. But you ever been in a situation where the ground was hard and you couldn't farm anything? It's good to know you can get a crop to come for. To, not only because the crop takes care of your family. And we don't have no family, I mean, no crops for your family. You're in a bad situation. And so they came together and said, hey, we're going to come together and, and celebrate this time together. And you go find scripture reference of Pentecost in Deuter Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 9 and verse 10. Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 9 and 10. You should count seven weeks for yourself. Begin to count the seven weeks from the time you began to put the sickle to the grain. Then you should keep the feast of weeks to the Lord your God with a tribute of a free will offering from your hand, which you should give as the Lord blesses you. And then we go back to Acts chapter 2 and verse 2. And suddenly there came a sound or a noise from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. It filled it. And in Acts chapter 2 verse 3. Then they appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and one set upon each of them. Each one of them Notice it came in the room. They could hear it come in the room. It sat upon each of them. One could see one on one. Somebody could see on somebody else. You may not could see above your head, but it came upset upon each of them. And in Acts chapter 2 verse 4, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled. They were completed with the Holy Spirit. And to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were filled, y'all. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled, y'all. They were completed. Think about this. Everything we talked about earlier, they had access to it now. They had the power. They had the ability to operate in all truth. They got their birthright. They got every promise from God access to it. They got the present help in the time of need. They got it all. Now, they had to learn it. They had access to it. They had to learn what it was, how to use it, and so forth. But they had access to it. I think about this. Some of y'all uh, who have insurance policies, you got a lot of rights in the insurance policy, don't you? You got to read it to find out what they are. You got access to it, but you got to know what it says. Let me tell you something. The Bible got many promises we have access to. The Holy Spirit is, gives us access to these promises. But we got to study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman need not be ashamed, rightly divine the word of truth. And so you got to have access to that. You got to have access. You got to know what it is. You got to know what it is. And I want to go take a few minutes in my closing because even after they received the Holy Spirit, they were baptized. They were baptized. And 1 Peter 3 and 21 reads as follows. There is also an antitype which now saves us. Baptism, not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. Even after the Holy Spirit came, they were baptized. They were 
they were immersed in the name of Jesus. I want to show you a few examples in my closing. Acts chapter 10, verse 44 through 48. Acts chapter 10, verse 44 through 48. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. As many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. These individuals had the Holy Spirit. They, they spoke with tongues and they magnified God. But notice what Peter said to them. Then Peter answered, verse 47, can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay a few days. Notice, even after they received the Holy Spirit, they were baptized in water. Follow the biblical example that we have. They were baptized with water even after they received the Holy Spirit. Something else I want to show you in Acts chapter 19, verse 1 through 6. Acts chapter 19, verse 1 through 6. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? I want you to notice that they were baptized one time. They were baptized one time. But notice what happened here. They got baptized again. So he passed out. Well, I got baptized one time. Well, when you come in the truth, because the Holy Spirit's been revealing truth to you, you may want to be baptized again. Notice Acts, keep on reading, verse 3. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Verse 4, then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Those that, that, that when they laid hands on them, they spoke with tongues and they prophesied. These people were baptized one time, but they chose because of the revelation, because of the spirit of truth, there's a villain truth to them, and they to be baptized again. And when the spirit of truth reveals to you, you need to be baptized again, hey, follow it. Why fight it? Well, I was baptized one time when I was two years old. If the Holy Spirit feels you need to be baptized again, be baptized. Several of us were baptized, I think I was, you know, 40, 50s, I believe I was baptized again. Holy Spirit reveals something to you, we follow it. That's what the Spirit of Truth is revealing to us. Thank God for the Spirit of Truth. Thank God for the Spirit of Truth. And we're going to go to Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one, of you, every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent. Change one's mind. Let every one of you be baptized, immersed completely. That word baptized means to immerse completely. Completely. But notice, 
in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission or removal of sins. And ye shall receive, take hold, or lay hold of the gift of the Holy Spirit. We got the instructions. We understand the benefit of following the spirit of truth and asking for the Holy Spirit in our lives. We see in scriptures where even after they received the Holy Spirit, they were baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. It's up to us now to follow his lead. Follow his lead. It's up to us. See, the ball is in our court now. The ball is in our court now. The ball is in our court. I must be filled with the Holy Spirit. I pray that I've given you enough scriptural examples to show you how important that is. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's message. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your prayer request and testimonies to our website at occvr.org. That's occvr.org. We would like to invite you to partner with us as we share the gospel all around the world. Just go to our website at occvr.org. Click on the Give button to give online. Or you can utilize text to give Text GIVE to the number 770-692-2225. That's 770-692-2225. Join us on our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast, and connect with us on social media. We also invite you to join us in a live service. We're located at 3097 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia. Visit our website for more details at occvr.org. Until next time, remember, without a vision, the people perish. See you next time for more Heaven Bound with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia.